Welcome back to 502 Radio. We've been away for a bit, launched a mag and came back. We've got better in our absence, but not really in correlation with how long we were gone. If you're new to this, there are two previous episodes with Blue Burnham and Wellwishers 88 available, so if you are new, please feel free to listen back to those on whatever you listen to your podcasts on. They're quite good, if I say so myself. This time round, we've got Zaya from New Spread in New Zealand. Lovely guy, great blog. They're doing the good work and putting New Zealand on the map with some really great content and the world's most tasteful hoodie. Then me and Arjun chat through the legacy of Supreme, a kind of guy's iCat project and more. This is Radio 502. This is Radio 502. What I need to get you to do is just to introduce yourself and what news spread is. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Zaya Winthane. I am 24 years old, I live in New Zealand, and I run a blog called New Spread. Um, I kind of always have personal issues like <laughs> calling it a blog, but I guess it is pretty much a blog. In some ways, it's like an online media platform. And we focus on topics around um, like fashion, culture, um, whatever's happening in our communities, and sort of what's, helping it, what's happening like elsewhere outside of our world um, that our readers should know about. Yeah, I guess the crux of it, we have like our main core focus, which is we try to educate, inform and sort of help our audience in any way possible, whether that's them learning about a new sneaker release or them finding an interview on our website and like sparks their like next business idea or like side hustle or whatever it might be. So try to like give it part um, consumption and part like entrepreneur business um creative foundations yeah because i was gonna 100 percent say that it doesn't feel like a blog at all like it when you said media platform i have a very similar kind of issue where you're there like the people go you go someone to run a website and they immediately think oh you've got a blog but really (laughs) it's it's more than that it's not you going like Here's a link to my YouTube channel, and here's the five outfits I wore this week. Like, <laughs> I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I think um, blog to me sounds very personal, um, and like majority of that feels like your own opinion. We're we're quite a mixture, so we have our news, which we publish through um, like partners of ours as well as things that just uh, we want to post to keep our audience updated. Um, We also do obviously like a lot of interviews and then we do have opinion pieces, but more of them is um, more of them are around like insight and educating our audience on a subject. So uh, whether that's like latest designers or stores to visit in Tokyo and things like that. Yeah, because I I think I was reading the one that was uh, like actually new kind of more cutting edge designers rather than Gucci or whatever. And I really like that, that piece. And then the other thing I noticed a lot is that you do, you commission a lot of your own photography as well. It's all like quite a lot of its original content, right? Yeah. That was um, something I had to learn pretty early on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So I do kind of have a photographic background, but then it kind of got to a point where a lot of the, content we were making needed to be made elsewhere so whether that's um, Auckland the largest city here in uh, New Zealand or whether Mm. it's Melbourne or even further afield in America um, 
so I think quite quickly on, I was like, no, like, I don't want people to just to supply me photos because you're creating the content is what we're all about. And I think it feels a bit cheaper if I just copy what imagery they supply us in a way. But also it gives us the opportunity to, to have a unique point of view with that person or um, article or whatever it is we're creating. And also... It's mainly around interviews we would create it, um, and that also gives them an opportunity to have fresh content for them as well. Yeah, that's true. I like it a lot. It's a really, really nice and well put together website, I must say. Okay, so are you familiar with um, starter pack memes? Yes. <laughs> okay, so. Are you going to ask me uh, what's my starter pack meme? What is your starter pack meme? Oh, yeah. God. Um. Mm. See, I don't know how I would explain it in a funny way, but like for me, it would literally just be like any Apple products. <laughs> yeah, like I need a MacBook, I need my iPhone, I need my AirPods, <laughs> and um, and oh, in terms of making it funny, I think like oh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it'd be like a pair of Air Force Ones, and then like a hoodie, and then I'd be happy, like very comfortable. That's pretty much what I live in, like every day. Yeah, that's like your uniform, like your go-to. Yeah, yeah, go-to uniform. And the the Air Force Ones, low, right? Or oh, definitely low, and full white. Just white, yeah, yeah, yeah. All blacks, kind of like it gives a very, very different vibe. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like yeah, yeah, yeah. In their own field, like you need something specific to have black. And then, so you've got one, one more left. Would that be like a food thing or like Ooh, a food thing? Uh, Korean food for sure. Kimchi fried or rice. Chicken wing. Oh, that's a good, nice. Okay, yeah, I can get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got kimchi fried rice, uh, white Air Force One low, a hoodie, the new spread hoodie. Let's say the new spread hoodie. I think that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Apple logo. All right, that's cool. That's cool. And then, all right. So then the next question is. What do you have your eye on to purchase next? Ooh, damn. Can be anything. Anything. Anything in general, not just fashion related or. Well, I mean, like, fashion related is good. Obviously, maybe if you're gonna. Maybe not a bottle of water or anything like that. <laughs> but like... Um, actually, I have a list, so let's just have a look at this. Oh, uh, you got a bookmark for that. Bookmark folder. I've got a reminders list of what to buy clothing wise that's yeah i take it seriously well i'm a big saint laurent fiend so i'm looking to get a just the plain black and white teddy jacket that's one thing i've nice. been eyeing up for a while but um, i've been doing a lot of like short haul trips lately and i have currently a muji suitcase but i would love a upgrade to a Ramoa, but the pricing is just pretty ridiculous in my personal opinion yeah i mean like i've never actually gone to the store and like fiddled around with one but it seems to me like it's unjustifiable almost like yeah i mean or are you about to go get one i think i think i'll probably just get second hand to be honest oh yeah good chat good chat yeah that's like i don't know what the conversion is but it's like what like four five hundred english for one yeah yeah it's about yeah 1.2 uh k new zealand for for one and it's like oh i'm sorry <laughs> and it's just a carry-on suitcase but I mean, you know, I understand what's behind it, and yeah, it's the guy's grandson. 
Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Alexander, right? yeah. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, Alexander. Oh no, he's an interesting follow on uh, Instagram. Mm. I think it's just genius, to be honest, what they're doing over there. Like, I mean, it, everyone can have you know like opinions about consumption and stuff, but I think the way that they're forefronting sort of brands and retail now is just incredible. It's interesting because every time they kind of get one of the big houses gets a new creative director, it kind of moves in a different direction. Mm. And people kind of don't care about that. They're like, whatever, like, I'm still going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. What other brands are you into at the moment? Um, I'm a pretty simple guy at the moment, to be honest. I used to be very much into fashion and brands and things like that but lately pretty low-key so Saint Laurent is definitely like my favorite just because of the aesthetic and growing up I was always uh super interested in the brand and the imagery and the branding and things like that Heider Ackerman is another designer I really love and enjoy and like there's definitely others that I really really appreciate but I haven't like invested my time um or sort of money into them so like needles and our legacy um yeah those are two that that really stand out for me yeah they just opened a nepenthe store in london oh no uh, way yeah and it's like it is kind of you walk in there and you know when like i don't know if you ever have this but i'm not like balling or anything like that so i walk in i'm like oh for fuck's sake like like, this is all so nice but just so expensive yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you walk around like stroking things pretending like you're gonna try it (laughs) have you ever um watched that uh listen to that kanye talk he gives at um i think it's chicago um one of the art schools and there's a quote i just remember and it's just so funny how uh, he t- he's talking to these university kids and he's like, you know, you guys, I know you guys like love luxury goods or something like that. And he's like, you might try it on, like take a few selfies in the mirror to feel like, you know, you afford it. And then you just put it back on the rack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, shit. Well, I don't take selfies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. It's that kind of, it's a kind of match. So I was looking at something that's like a, it's like a silk pattern trench coat. And I was just there like, damn, like, this is beautiful and looked at the price tag and was there like not this month bro yeah not this month. <laughs> so do you do you do a lot of shopping uh sort of in, in person or online or secondhand etc uh i do big into ebay but it comes in waves so like what will happen to me is like i guess if you plot the like decision making process or whatever you call it mm-hmm. uh, I'll find out about something or get reminded about something and be like, oh, this brand. And then I'll kind of look at the prices and go, kind of can't afford that. And then uh, check it out on eBay and see if there's any good bargains on yep. there or grailed if I don't think it's too hypey. Yeah. And then kind of go from there. And like you said about the Ramoa thing, like getting it secondhand, like things usually like no one really ever wears their clothes out anymore. Like it's like you can get very good quality secondhand stuff. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, like I do a lot of purchasing off Grailed and, and Facebook groups and things like that uh, locally. And I feel like a lot of people actually, I wouldn't say undervalue in terms of price, but like undervalue in terms of condition of goods. Um, I think that's awesome because like some people might say, oh, this is like a 7 out of 10 or it's been like heavily worn and you get the item and you're like, nah, this is like perfect. So 
I think, um, yeah, you can always take things at, like, you can't take things at full value when you see just images. Yeah, it's true. And then, I guess, like, to go back to your question, that um, usually, oh, I was going to say, don't usually go into stores that much anymore, unless it's for, like, a specific reason. Yeah, for sure. But I do, um, I would like, you know, when there's, like, 37 pages of sale items on a website, I try and go through, like, most of them, just there, like, clicking and clicking and clicking and looking at stuff like the essence like like the essence sale on right now (laughs) yeah oh man yeah that's basically doing that scrolling up and down like the brand list going okay so i can do i can do nike nike lab nike acg nanamicans and so (laughs) non-native again like just down 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 yeah and then you don't find anything like that you like within your price range and you're just there like cool or maybe i'll buy something else (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, complete waste of time, but highly entertaining. Of course, yeah. Okay, so then, can you describe your most treasured possession? Ooh, it's funny. I actually had a conversation with someone about this recently, and I was saying I couldn't really pinpoint anything of the exact like value, unless it was maybe like it's probably like a family photo album or something like that, you know. But if yeah, we say yeah. for the sake of this conversation, I think like. I probably couldn't live without a laptop, like a, like a MacBook or anything like that, where I need it to work, I need it for information, I need it for basically everything. Okay, but in a, like, um, that's a very uh, solid and well thought out answer, but in a, like, more kind of consumeristic kind of way, like, piece of clothing oh, okay. or, like, okay. object of desire. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Most prized piece of clothing like if there was a fire and i was to save something it would probably just be like exactly um that, yeah, yeah. yeah it'd, it'd probably either be like um a saint laurent jacket or a pair of saint laurent boots because i feel like they're kind of they probably are replaceable but they're probably my most prized items i guess and all right so how many deep is your saint laurent collection it's it's not that bad it's like Three pairs of boots, a pair of sneakers, so that's four pairs of shoes, um, and only one jacket, I think, yeah, one jacket, and then, like, a couple of pairs of jeans, so nothing too crazy. Nice, nice, and then is it all from, like, the same kind of era? Yeah, most most items, that, I think all of them, actually, are from um, Eddie Slimane. Eddie Slimane era, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, nice, 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 and is that... Did you like it before Eddie Slimane was there, or when he was there, did it kind of, like, click for you? So, I was always a fan of the brand in general, and wasn't really in an, an, I guess, point where I could afford it (laughs) until about, (laughs) (laughs) um, until I finished, like, university and finally started working full-time and stuff like that, and I think even at that point, I wasn't, I knew what it was, but I wasn't really prepared to spend that much money, and I was kind of still navigating what I wanted to wear. I was still, like, super young, like, early 20s. And I was probably buying, like, way too much sneakers at the time. And then um, and then I think I got my first pair of, like, Saint Laurent denim, Eddie era, and I was like, oh, shit, okay, like, now I know what's going on. Um, <laughs> and then just over time, like, slowly picking up pieces here and there. And, yeah, it kind of feels like it's full circle. Like, this is the stuff I was interested in, and, like, growing up reading like fashion magazines with my mom and stuff like that and now like 
having a few pieces from like arguably the best creative director of their time, um, excluding obviously like the man himself. It's like really nice to to kind of come full fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely see what you mean. Yeah, Eddie Slomane's nice, man. What kind of fashion magazines did you read with your mum? Can you remember the titles? Uh, a lot of it was Vogue. Yeah, majority of the time I believe it was Vogue. And I'm not sure what, what you would call it in the UK, but like almost just like women's magazines that come out like every month or so, just like generic ones, like the kind of main... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like main mainstream. Yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. you'd have the fashion section in there and it would be like, red carpet looks and things like that so um those are always like cool to cool to look through so how did you transfer like what's the process going from checking out (laughs) vogue and these magazines with your mom to like i think you said you were spending too much money on trainers i think i think it's something we can all relate to yeah (laughs) so for a while yeah definitely wasn't interested in fashion um but i do remember like the first like time where I where I actually cared was when me and my family went on like a road trip. We stopped at a mall, and I would have been like twelve, I think. And I just remember we went to like a Billabong store. Do you guys have Billabong in UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I just remember seeing a T-shirt in the store, and I was like, "Mom, like, I'm not leaving here until I have that T-shirt." Like, basically back then, it would have been like, "That's my grail." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely get it. And you have your own way of trying to like make that happen. You're not like it's not about selling your other stuff to afford it. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emotional blackmail. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So um so that was the that's the first like memory I have of actually wanting actively wanting something. And then again it kinda of simmered out until I got into high school and it would have been maybe like fifteen or so where I kinda of wanted to dress better and I was, I think the interest kind of came from watching a lot of TV shows at the time and like trolling the internet. So things like Tumblr were like very influential in what I was consuming in terms of like what was actually good and like who are the, who are the like, I guess people dressed well at the time. Yeah. And was this all like guys in suits or was this all like hype beasts? Oh, I don't think there was such a thing as a hype beast back then. And, it was like very much hashtag menswear. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like yeah, very much like soft pad shoulders and like four and hand, yeah, you know, tight yeah, knots, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And um, espressatura, yeah, espressatura, of course, yeah. And and I always had an appreciation for tailoring, like as well, like that aesthetic. And um, I think like back then, as a guy, you would only really realize like oh, I've made it if I'm, like, wearing a suit every day or, like, you know, at that level. So I think everyone kind of aspired maybe to, like, kind of get to that. And so I always had that appreciation of looking at suits and things like that. And then um, uh, I worked in tailoring at my first and uh, my second and third year at university and quickly realized, wow, menswear, like, hashtag menswear gets pretty boring. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) Like, it's... Is really, really good at portraying like a kind of image where you're looking at it and it's super beautiful and you're like, wow, that's going to be me like yeah. walking down the Amalfi Coast, like <laughs> getting into my boat and like, fuck, I don't do you drive a boat. I don't think you drive a boat, but like taking your boat somewhere nice and like watch is huge or whatever. And then 
Yeah, I can think it's awesome, and I still have a great love for it, and I think, you know, it's it's just something I couldn't do every day, I quickly realized. So then was it like you would just kind of start dressing in a more casual type of way? So when I was in, when I was working in tailoring, I was kind of wearing like, I was very much interested in Japanese brands at that time, so brands like Visvum and Engineer Garments, even though that's American, but designed by a Japanese creative director, and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. needles and such like that so that was kind of um the like workwear with sneakers um was kind of where i was at and then i started working in streetwear like straight after that and that's when things kind of changed a little bit hype hype bestie for a while yeah so there's very much like 2013 it would have been around that era 2013 2014 like kanye west peak um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I started working in streetwear and then um, just got exposed to, like, a whole different world of of clothes, basically. Like, I, I knew, like, Supreme and, and knew, like, all these kind of massive t-shirt labels and skate brands and things like that. But some of the more niche stuff um, started to become uh, more apparent on my radar and, and definitely um, a deeper appreciation of, like, sneakers came into play. Yeah, man, I know what you mean. I had a very similar sort of experience, but maybe slightly the other way around, where I started off really into sneakers and trainers and Supreme, and then developed more of a Tumblr appreciation for like, fuck yeah, menswear, all that kind of stuff. And then I didn't really ever end up dressing smart, but then you end up liking like engineered garments and stuff like that as well. And then now I'd say I'm really into like this whole outerwear, like, uh, sorry, outdoors wear. Mm, like tech wear meeting outdoors yeah exactly and like tech wear and like also kind of like hiking brands <laughs> you know like yeah. that kind of like outdoors outdoors kind of thing as well but yeah man a bit of a mix going back to uh new spread what made you pick garamond for the hoodies oh good question so garamond came up because i love i love 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 uh vintage like ads so things from like New Balance and uh, vintage Nike ads and Apple ads and things like that. And so I wanted to try and find a font that would like kind of recreate that aesthetic. And then I started talking with my designer and we kind of realized how many how much cues we could pull out of Apple um, into this and focus on Garamond, which was their uh, main font at the time of like, it was the 90s and 80s. And I think... It goes accustomed to how pretty much like majority of our um, readers are Apple users from the data. Um, my dad actually had um, a lot of work to do with Apple. Um, like he was one of the first, I think he was the first stockist of them in New Zealand, like back in the 90s. I kind of grew up around all this product. Like we had the Macintosh and we had like those bubble back colored iMacs and, and things like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, That's yeah. Sick. So like, and... Um, school holidays like i'd go to his office and just play like on on these imacs and so it kind of again was one of those like full circle moments of like what i remember as a kid growing up and what's related to our audience right now and then applying that logo and appreciation of all those things into into a product yeah that's really really like i guess you could it would have been completely fine for you to say like you just like the font or it looks cool but that's such a sick story to have, <laughs> uh like your origin of your product from that's really really nice man oh just to add to that i think um 
I definitely used to be in that mindset where, oh, like, it looks good. Um, but for this time around, I was really, like, I needed to focus on something that means a lot to me, but I don't really want to voice it out too much. Like, I think, you know, if pe- the closest people around me will know, but, um, you know, I didn't really want to push that on the audience too much. Sorry, just to go back to your story as well. What were you playing on on the Mac? Oh, good question. Man, I would have been so young at the time. It was definitely like the era of like online games, like addicted games. And like, I think there was like a lot of Disney stuff. And so, so I don't think there was like a specific game per se, but it was just like mainly all those online games you'd play, like Mini Clip and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like all the golf and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That's sick. And then, so are the hoodies uh, cut and sew, or like have you designed them from the ground up, or are they? Basically, so the kind of process was I started working on it around end of November. So I was like looking at making merchandise for for this year, and I was like a hoodie would be nice, but I've never really found like the right blank to use. So there's obviously Gildan, but it kind of pills and turns to shit after a while, even though the fit is like really great in my personal opinion. We've got a couple of other companies here and they just don't fit right. All the cost prices is far too much. And it was really hard to just kind of find something that would have the quality, have the fit, but also be at like an affordable price for us to use like long-term. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to try and make one my own and then found some suppliers in China and worked with them and, the way I kind of did it was a few of them had stock hoodies and I was like, sure, let's just like get them to see what the quality's like, see what their construction process is. And a lot of them were pretty good until I found one that was like far superior than the rest. And he said, hey, like this is what I'm trying to achieve. Um, I have this like vintage crew neck that I purchased in Japan. And for me personally, it's like the best fitting um, champion like crew neck ever. And I'm like, I literally just want to recreate this and make this for like these set of sizes and scale it like is this possible with like what you currently have and they're like yeah we can change it up for you and so it kind of just went from there and I don't really like I'm not really a designer or anything like that and have no fashion specific experience so I don't really know if that's like ground up but I was basically just sending him measurements and then was like make this. I think there's a it's really cool because there's like an element I feel with clothing that people don't always appreciate is the manufacturer is always like hidden behind some kind of mystical wall you can't see. Yeah. But if you've got a set of re- measurements and a base to start with, you can achieve a lot. It sounds really cool. The hoodies look so nice, man. I meant to say, like, thank I you. Think they're really sick. Yeah, we've had yeah. um we've had some amazing feedback, and I think I mean I'm a I'm a hoodie fiend. Like, I have like. Um, probably like over 20 hoodies from various brands and various price points so um i kind of knew what i knew when it was good and kind of got the feedback from some more of my fashion friends and they're like yeah that's the one so i was like cool and has the feedback been like yeah i understand what's going on like has it been like sorry have people got the vision where they're like oh this fits amazing and it's this this and this yeah yeah, so um, it was really nice to hear that from a lot of our initial customers and um, and friends and family who purchased as well, that they they kind of knew that this wasn't just like a slapped up logo and put on a, a Gildan hoodie. Like we took our time and uh, our appreciation and like all of our kind of, I guess, knowledge and expertise into it as much as we could. Yeah, nice, man. That's sick. That's a good effort as well. That's like, uh, 
having been doing something similar personally, I completely appreciate the time that that must have taken. Oh as well. man, <laughs> the time! <laughs> Don't even get me started, man. Yeah, the the time is very much like the biggest thing is just liaising nonstop and you know uh, getting consistent sampling done and um, really finessing everything like to the details. It's like wow, like. I've, I always have appreciation for people who, you know, want to start their own brand and, and really focus on things like that. But yeah, it is, it is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely, completely, man. And what's it like working with someone in China? Surprisingly, very easy. So thankfully, I found a supplier um, who speaks really, really good English. And so, yeah, like he kind of understands everything that I that I need. And I think nowadays with like modern technology, it's it's definitely like lowered the barriers of, of language where I can just send him a lot of screenshots or images and use like draw arrows and stuff. Kind of give him that um, those options to basically understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, nice. So you're kind of making a PDF. Yeah, yeah. So it's send him things like PDFs or um, yeah, just like straight up photos through our chat and then yeah send him arrows and draw things around them and be like hey move this here or move that there nice man whatever means right whatever means yeah before when we were talking off mic you mentioned a little bit about the uh sort of history of where uh, where news spread came from i think and you were talking about having loads and loads of bookmarks and (laughs) lists of things and stuff like that right so, and you also seem like someone who's really well informed in a lot of different ways. So what I wanted to know was, what does your process look like in terms of how you save and come back to the information you find online? Good question. Very good question. A lot of it was time, time-based. So I might have started an article and then couldn't finish it or um, needed to step away or something like that. So I'd always bookmark something and come back to read later. And if it wasn't all that it cut out to be, or I didn't really feel that informed, I would just delete it from my bookmarks. But I kept on to ones that I always wanted to refer back to, or things from people I really um, admire, brands and companies that I do, or find interesting informations or facts that I think I can always come back to refer to. And then what kind of like, are you just exclusively in an incredibly organized like bookmarks menu bar or using like instapaper or something like that just apple like google chrome sorry just the google chrome bookmarks manager and at the moment it's a mess because i just haven't had the time to to curate (laughs) it all but yeah generally it's pretty clean like it'll range from things like interviews business articles fashion articles stores and then like for a while it was really really organized in terms of like price point and like what brands they would carry and stuff like that but then that was a bit too much (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i can see that man and it's kind of like you end up kind of thinking like yeah maybe there's another more fun way i can do this where it'll be like stores that have a certain color on the website and then something else weird like yeah yeah (laughs) there's so many options it's it's literally exactly it's literally just like scrapbooking and mood boarding (laughs) But like for bookmarks. Yeah. Okay, so I would be super interested if you could send me a screenshot of what it looks like. Maybe after you've tidied it up or not or whatever, that would be great. For sure. But then, okay, for for now, what was like maybe like one of the last things that you bookmarked? Well, actually, one. Of the, it's not really that exciting to be honest. But um, I've been looking at getting a new office chair because I currently just have like the plastic Eames one, 
and it's like killing my back slowly. So I bookmarked a Aim soft pad chair that I should buy. <laughs> Sounds on brand, bro. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay. Do you have what's the like the long term vision for new spread? Yeah, long term. I'd love to just scale it to be able to offer a wide range of um, avenues and services. So whether that's we go into um, podcast or like more video content or um, like strengthening the blog and other areas that we currently don't cover. So things maybe like music or other aspects of design, that would be really cool to kind of broaden the range and become this kind of wider media platform. I'd also love to expand like merchandise and have an online store of some kind as well. So that's those are things like on the drawing board. And in terms of where I'd love to see it uh, go is really be kind of the pinnacle of like Australasia where it's like a stamp of approval if you're on our site, I guess. What I think is really interesting about it and we're kind of in this period of the internet at the moment where it feels like almost being somewhere that's not a huge metropolitan hub if you go about doing things in a really like nice and like well curated way like you are it can almost play into your hands because trying to decide like live in london and trying to like be heard as a vo- like an editorial voice in london is like shouting into a hurricane is ridiculous. yeah like, everyone there's so much like other things going on and i guess in the same way, I was listening to Business of Hype and the Sean Weatherspoon episode, which is a great listen if you haven't heard it already. But he's talking about how they all started off in Virginia with round two. And he's like, it wouldn't have worked if we were in New York. So then really interesting what you're saying as well. Is there anything like that at the moment? You know, OK, so if you wanted to be the Australasian ultimate seal of approval, is there something else that is that current? Honestly, in my personal opinion, I don't think there is in terms of what we're actually doing, but I do think there are similar outlets out there that might be more indie or might be more fashion or might be more design or things like that. But accumulating yeah, yeah. all of those interests into one, I think there there really isn't. Yeah, that's just how I personally feel about it. Who else are you working with on it? Is it just you and like people that you know that you're bringing in to help with certain things or is it... Yeah, so pretty much like 85% of the work's probably me. <laughs> um, uh-huh, that's a, such a good effort, man. That's a great hustle. Yeah, still very small scale. And then I have contributing writers, which is amazing to have. So they're much more talented than I am at writing pieces. So bless them. And being able to have like freelancers around the world. So whether that's photographers, people who help out with design, things like that, they're able to sort of contribute in their own way. But I do have like a really close-knit creative circle that we often share ideas and opinions through. So two of my really good friends are based in Auckland. They run a store called Platform Store, um, recently opened. And so both of them are like a nice soundboard for me. And I have a friend who works in, um, who runs his own uh, website, like agency. And he's awesome to like share ideas with and, and think about kind of where we can scale on the web like long term. Yeah, nice. It took me a little bit to realize that, but having that kind of group of people around you where you can go like, what do you think about this? Or is this a good idea? It's so important. So you're all kind of based in New Zealand. I think it's really impressive that you're putting New Zealand on the on the map like that. I think it's really cool. Okay, so let's imagine we've got some kind of magic flying car and we can go more or less wherever. Where would be the like top few places 
like maybe a couple of nice stores and a couple of nice other things to do in either Auckland or Wellington. Let's let's focus on Auckland because I feel like majority of people who do come to New Zealand are going to have to go through Auckland. So I think um, okay. focusing on there as the hub. Um, Food-wise, oh man, depends where you want to eat. I think Auckland's lately has just been phenomenal like with their food because you have a really good mixture of high and low and like with different cuisines as well. Like if you want to eat like fancy Italian and, and spend all your money, like you can go do that. If you want to eat like super cheap dumplings for like, I don't know, $10, you can like do that as well. So I think, yeah, there's such a nice range. Places to visit is like Dominion Road, which is pretty much all the Asian spots. So like you can have, you can have spicy dumplings. There's like all these noodle shops, udon, like you can, you name it. It's like all there. Kimchi fried rice. Kimchi fried rice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then there's also like some really good hubs around the city. So there's a there's a precinct called CityWorks Depot, and that has like a bunch of new businesses in there. And there's like um, things like bagelries and things like that. Every pocket of the city has something different, which is nice. So food, like you can't go wrong in Auckland, in my personal opinion. Store wise, um, yeah, there's definitely a few I can name off the top of my head. So back to my friends who opened platform stores. So that's really cool. It's more like a destination shop, nice and small. And it's very, very curated for their customer, which is nice. There's another friend who runs a store called Checks Downtown. And that's been like blowing up lately. So he's, um, it's fully now pretty much his own brand. So it's all made in New Zealand. It's like a mixture. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a mixture of like streetwear and like, I guess like, what I kind of call like modern day menswear where it's a little bit more chill and relaxed. So it's really nice to see that um, doing well. And just to list stores is people should look up a store called Fabric. There's another store called Area 51 uh, Workshop. And I think that's about it off the top of my head. Because to be honest, I don't really shop in New Zealand. So I don't really uh, go to stores, I guess. (laughs) Unless I'm just visiting Yeah, no, I know. There's definitely... Some people are just like the kind of person where... Your eye gets taken to where you're, you're you're not currently a little bit more often than not. But yeah, that's cool. And then is there, so in Europe at the moment, it definitely feels like there's a kind of millennialization of everywhere. You kind of walk around and it all feels like everything's like white marble, steel, <laughs> work, wood, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so have you got that? Is that like present and correct in like... In, it's like the cool guy aesthetic, right? Yeah, or cool yeah. person aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah. And it, pretty much that's like any new cafe that opens in New Zealand is like, it's, you know, some nice soft wood, uh, some white wall, <laughs> some concrete, yeah. a little bit of steel. And then and then I feel like the ones who try to be edgy are like, oh, we'll make it black. And it's like, well, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, everyone has like a nice, like modern days, like serif logo. Modern day sans serif. I always get the two mixed up. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's this is the supreme effect, isn't it? Like, everything's <laughs> yeah. everything's bold italic, and you're like, yeah. Like, I remember being on holiday with my family in Spain somewhere, and my uh, I literally from about maybe a hundred meters away was like, I want to go to that skate shop to my dad, and he was like, How can you tell it's a skate shop from here? And I was like the logo is in bold italics and he was like really is that it and i was like yeah that's it like, <laughs> you just know <laughs> i think um i think i was in melbourne recently 
I was walking around with a friend and it was like in an area I wasn't really familiar with, didn't have anything bookmarked or whatever. And he was like, oh, let's go to a cafe. And I was like, how do you know what's good here? And he was like, oh, just look at the one with the best logo. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I kind of hear that, though. And like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how like the Internet is great and good and it's been a beautiful equalizer in a lot of ways, like. And I remember, like, growing up in a small town in Derby in England, it really, like, helped me out in a way that probably if I'd been born maybe five, ten years before, it would have been impossible. But it has kind of, like, made everything look a little bit similar, right? Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show, like, even on a larger scale, you look at all of the rebrands of luxury brands, and it's just all the same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, okay, so then... In terms of like, you mentioned going to Australia and maybe mentioned short haul earlier on as well. Is that where you're going a lot to at the moment? Is that just like, is that for anything specific or are you just going to hang out because you know people there? Melbourne is probably like the the better, I wouldn't, actually let me try and think of a more nicer way to say this. Melbourne's definitely like the more creative city of Australia, I feel. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. So we went over mm. there recently. It was kind of just going there for a birthday trip and then it kind of ended up being work related so so that was totally cool you know meeting a whole lot of new people linking with some stores and brands and creatives out there so it was cool to touch base and like have that feedback from from the Australian audience I guess and kind of learn about what they're up to uh, what sort of things like they're interested in and um, and how we can sort of tailor our content more from Melbourne and get that more unique vibe from them like our readership's pretty heavy there as well which is awesome to see and i do have a lot of friends there so it's nice to to kind of hear what is going on like within their communities yeah that's cool and then when you're saying meeting your readers and stuff like that is that like how'd you go about meeting them do you put like a shout out on or are you talking about your friends that also read it or uh majority friends um friends and friends as well and a lot of uh brands and stores that kind of know who we are so meeting with them and saying hey like how can we you know better tailor content from you guys onto onto the side or you know what what do you guys feel like we should be doing as well and i think i think for me in general i think any business in general feedback is like it's priceless basically like it's um you don't want to be making something that no one's going to buy so or making an article that no one's going to read so i think you can only get so much from the numbers but actually hearing what people have to say is so much more important and helping that inform your decisions is like the best way possible yeah man that's really that's a really nice way of going about it and i guess as well like even if you emailed them like having a five minute conversation gives you so much more information than anything else right yeah for sure so then you mentioned earlier like ways that you're thinking about kind of trying to grow news spread and the kind of direction you wanted to go in but is there anything you can tell us like that's kind of cooking up soon Hmm. a lot of things are still in the idea phase nothing is sort of ready to be executed i think because of the reception of merchandise that we've had uh we're definitely looking to double down on that and start to create more products um whether that's uh like new designs obviously but whether that's like other smaller tangible goods so we're looking at maybe doing something like mugs and pens 
books, um, stuff like that. I think it's nice to be able to put the digital brand into a physical product and really show our readers what we're all about and what they could actually consume from us um, from an idea standpoint. But yeah, in terms of what's actually still yet to come in terms of expansion, we're, we're still currently focusing on the content itself on the blog because I feel like that is our still our bread and butter. And if we can still put out the best content possible in the best way possible, um, that's just going to continue to grow our brand no matter what until we have the opportunities to sort of expand and diversify and do smaller other things elsewhere. Yeah, nice, man. That sounds pretty, pretty, pretty good way of going about it. And then um, are you looking at stocking anything else new on the uh, store, like third-party brands? Yeah, always looking out for new things. Um, shout out to 502 Bad Gateway for stocking oh, <laughs> for the magazines. <laughs> it sounds like I was fishing now, but I wasn't, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm always on the lookout for, some, for small things. And um, I'm very picky. Like We do get hit up a few times uh, every month about certain brands and magazines and stuff like that but i think in a weird way you kind of know when something's good if you learn more about it even though you might not have seen it and i think let's just turn this into like a conversation about what you're doing and i think when i came across 502 bay gateway and was listening to the Macon podcast and listening to you talk i was like fuck this guy knows what he's talking about and like it felt very much like what you know, exactly what i'm interested in very similar views and I think I didn't even like look at much like look at much information about the actual magazine or what was inside it and I emailed you and I was like yeah like I want this magazine because I know I feel like I appreciate people's efforts and and what people actually have to say about something and then I think that it already naturally makes it good don't know if I'm reaching with that sort of uh <laughs> no, no 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 I think like I think that's one of, well, first off thank you very much that's very kind of you to say <laughs> second off I think you're very right like that was kind of like a long interview as well. So it was there like by the time I guess you got to the end, there was like enough reference points where you would have been like, okay, this is kind of, this is going to work, right? Like, interesting. I've had a similar experiences in other ways where you're kind of there like one or two things will set you off where you're there like, I already know. It doesn't matter what else he's going to say. I kind of appreciate where this is going and coming from. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm just going to check this out. For sure. That's nice, man. Yeah, I think um, I think over the years, it's not, I don't feel like this is such a far-fetched thing to say, but like, you, you know, you develop your own likes and your own tastes and things like that. And I feel like I have kind of seen such a wide variety of things that I kind of know instantly personally when something is good or when something's coming from like, someone's best intentions then it's always going to be good i feel yeah when it comes out of you and like your your personality like it definitely definitely feels good i think that shines through with news spread as well thanks man <laughs> so <laughs> what we try to achieve yeah everything's authentic and and you know we're doing it because we love it yeah yeah exactly and then when it comes from that kind of space like it's usually the the outcome is very good okay so um i'm gonna move on to the last question which is who are your dream people to interview oh wow or to chat to for news spread that's a very good question off the top of my head i'd love to talk to david fisher who started heist nobody yeah i think 
he would be such an interesting person to chat to. Um, So he's definitely one. And I'd love to talk to the CEO and founder of Essence um, and maybe people like um, Lawrence Sloshman from Grailed and Upwards Failing. I think he'd be... Oh, man. Yeah, that would be... What's hilarious about him is, you know when you... If you listen to Failing Upwards or whatever, he goes from like being really, really, really brash and like loud, and then like suddenly like the conversation goes in a certain way, and he's talking about like the Antwerp Six in a really serious kind of way, and like it's like when when the veil drops, you're there like, oh my god, he knows so much stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think like outside of fashion and I guess culture in a sense. I, I mean. If we're if we're naming big dreams, like I'm just gonna say Kanye West. <laughs> like, <laughs> what would you ask him? Oh, sorry. Um, what would I ask Kanye? Oh man, I probably wouldn't even ask him anything. I'd probably just say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just like yeah, here's our interview, and it's just like Zaya asks Kanye doesn't even say anything. <laughs> just says thanks, man. Thanks for everything, and I'll just leave it at that. Nice man. That would be sick. And then what was the other one you were going to say? Uh, I think like business-wise, it'd be cool to um, really focus on things like startups and some of these more like millennial brands. So, and even like large scale, like I'd love to talk to people who like work at Slack or work at Facebook, work at Uber and things like that to really kind of understand how they view our, I guess, like target audience and stuff like that and how their stories can sort of intrigue or inform our audience. Yeah, man, that's nice. That's a good mix of people. And then the first couple you mentioned were like uh, David Fisher and... Uh, CEO uh, and founder of Essence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that kind of like a news spread, like directions you'd want to kind of head in if possible? What kind of things would you want to talk to them about? I think I'd love to talk about just how they built it. I think that's really what intrigues me is how point A gets to point B. And, you know, for for us, we only see face value of, you know, like, we only see what's out there. We don't actually see behind the scenes and the amount of hours spent on it and, and the hard work that actually goes behind it. And I'm sure, you know, people would relate to, to you even putting out a magazine, which is, like, incredibly difficult to do. So I think, like, hearing those stories from very established people would be amazing to hear, especially at times where they probably didn't have any reference going forward, especially something like Heisen and Vaidi, there probably wasn't many blogs at the time or many companies at the time that were doing, you know, different ranges of media. And I think that would be cool to, to hear how they knew that, okay, well now we've got to diversify into YouTube or now we've got to start a magazine and now we've got to do e-commerce and stuff like that. So I think those companies are really interesting because there wasn't, there's no blueprint. They're at the forefront of, of what they're doing. Yeah, what do you actually think of how they've gone about the e-commerce and also have you seen that high snobberty are gonna do a sound system at a stage at a festival that kind of blew my mind yeah i think that's awesome i think nowadays it doesn't really matter how many things you do as a company until you reach a certain point i guess and the the model of e-commerce that they're doing is is genius in my opinion but i mean we've got to have a larger sample size to really have a more informed opinion about it um but I think the way that they're doing it is is great. Like I think it definitely relates to the audience. It really shows that they understand their customer, I feel. Whereas just having a bunch of product there 
and carrying you know, X number of stock and then having to go on sale or something like that really can devalue what they're trying to say on the blog front. Um, so I think what they're doing in terms of limited drops from certain brands at certain times um, is really nice and well-informed. And then they can create exclusively content on that. They've done it in the nicest way out of all of those other big kind of media websites where like Hypebeast have got the store. I'm not sure what Complex have done. And then like Vogue had, what did they turn it into style.com and it just went horribly wrong. Yeah. Again, like even with Hypebeast and how they have HBX, there is no right and wrong way. It just depends on what model you want to, you want to pursue. And I think the way that Heisenberg presents it is, I think it's nice and refreshing because I guess no one's really done it before. Yeah, exactly. It does. It feels, it's kind of like a, it feels nice and fresh and it's also a nice in-between of a store and what they already are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right then, man. Well, that kind of rounds us out. Maybe if you want to share your Instagram and just the new spread URL, I'll put it all in there, of course, but... Just so it's out there as well. So you can find Newspread at newspread.co.nz for the website. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at underscore newspread. All one word. Underscore first. Yeah, underscore first. Is it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to get it without the underscore, but it takes quite a process. Questa è Radio 502. Questa è Radio 502. Yeah, man, what have you been saying anyway this week? I've been saying a whole lot of nothing, man. I'm just doing a bit of freelance work here and there and um, dusting about in Birmingham, looking at the only, I think, what is the only like boutique left in Birmingham, aside from autographs. So I went into, what's it called? Liquor store today. That was quite cool. But it was very much like, very kind of um, your 101 of menswear so your edwins yeah. your apc folk, Norse projects Norse projects exactly so it, it's not it, there was nothing kind of refined about it as you'd find in like oipaloi or um you know the certain sections of, of liberty but it was it was still really cool and it's good to see that in a in a city outside of, of london how about you man mm. what have you been up to loki panicking about issue two uh just like doing real like normal shit i've kind of had like you know when you end up with tasks that are like maybe an hour or two hours long, and oh yeah, there's a, like I've had those every every week, every so oh, fucking hell. I've had like a couple of hour tasks to do each night this week, and it's just kind of like get home, eat dinner, do those, go to bed. But um, one of them was editing the uh, interview for this episode with Zare. Fucking cat man, fuck off. <laughs> um, uh, so he's like, uh, so just, I literally was editing that and um, was sat on the sofa with my laptop on my lap and a like big bottle of water next to me and uh, the cat next to me as well and was editing this audio, fell asleep and you know where you wake up with a start and like your laptop's still on your lap and the bottle of water was next to me it was like almost falling over. And Are I'm you sure, serious? Fuck me, like, like yeah. And then I woke up, woke up after like, I must have been asleep for about a minute or 30 seconds or something. And then uh, freaked out a bit and then just carried on editing this audio, man. I was well impressed with myself. I was like, I could have taken myself to bed, but I was like, no, no, I've got to do this shit. It's cool though. The, con- the conversation's good. I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. Um, have you 
Have you been, I mean, it's been a while since we've done this. Have you had any, uh, any chance to look at what's going on in like DAS culture? Bits, you know, mostly I just, um, so it's just been fa- London Fashion Week, hasn't it? Yeah. Did so you get I've to been, go to anything? Uh, Were you in any presentations or shows? No, one of them was down, there's a, there's a gallery down the road from my house and one of them was there. And I just, I didn't go. And I kind of like, I don't know, I always feel funny about it because I like, don't have the clout to sit front row. But didn't, but like, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's... So who was, who was presenting when you, were, when, when you were there? What do you mean? Sorry, not when you were there. Who was presenting down the road? Oh, uh, Berthold. Which made like a, kind of an interesting brand because they kind of come at things from this like art perspective. Okay. Which is quite cool. But... um. Yeah, but what else? And so I saw Golly Guy Leo walk the maybe the Iceberg show or something like that. That's quite bad. That's pretty jokes. And, did you know he's still only like 16? No, he's older than that now. He was like he was like 18 or 19 when we were like living together. Nah, man. No, he's, he's got to be about 20, 21 now. Maybe. I don't know. He's I super young. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's not 16 though, but he is like, because I remember when he was, first had like. Well, when he first came out, he was like 13. That was like basement years. No, it wasn't. He was old. He was like 16 then. So it was like 19, oh, 20. Okay. Either way, he's super young. I know what you mean. And for him to be like front row and like, you know. Walking the shows, man. Like well, yeah, that's the another thing. Yeah, doing do the modeling's mad as well. Yeah. I saw yeah. him. I mean, I think Burberry took him on first from what I remember. Yeah. And he now he's just. like Converse shit as well, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Interesting stuff, man. And he must be so weird as like a 18 year old just to be so used to everyone talking about you. It's kind of mad. Mm. But other than that, like, I don't know, have I clocked out? Nah, not really. But like, I haven't been super, super on it the last couple of weeks with like clocking stuff. But yeah, the only thing that really caught my eye was the a Kind of Guys ICAP project. I don't know if you noticed that. I checked it out after you sent it. It looks, oh my God. That's one of those brands where you just look at it, you know it's going to be slightly out of your price range, but in your mind you're going like, this is such a sick execution. Like It was so well done. I quite like the way that how they did it as limited edition where you had to provide your details in order to get into the raffle, which I suppose is quite a, quite a tried and tested way of getting things now through the likes of end clothing where you have to provide your size and your details and then they obviously get your details, which they can then spam you for whatever marketing stuff. But they... Yeah, the way in which they executed that with the, the video. I don't know if you saw the video for it as well. They, they did. I think, oh yeah, I didn't catch the video. So the video is basically the, the, the finished products um, hanging in a, in a room, with like the wind blowing them. And they just look really, they're super simple in terms of like, it's a Cuban collar, short sleeve shirt, super loose. Um, all the fabrics were kind of, I don't know if they're dead stock or if they're limited edition or if they're, there was definitely some sort of sourcing project in, I believe, what was the middle... In, uh, what I believe is the Middle East, um, where the, I, I think there's, I don't actually know the, the background of the fabric or anything, but it all looks. Apparently, apparently it was a road trip, right? They drove there. Oh, really? Oh, from Germany? That's kind of mad. Yeah, man. So was it to like Morocco? I think it was. Yeah, maybe somewhere like that. I didn't, I can't remember exactly where, but I remember like the, the other thing with them is like, not only is other clothes beautiful, like I finally got, I'd left my, a kind of guy's jacket with uh, a guy sorting some samples out for us. But um, I got it back and I've been wearing it so much, man. Fuck me. I was like, and like, you know where you put something on and you just like, you're like, yeah, this is a nice piece of clothing. I've walked into work with it and everyone's like, oh, nice jacket, nice jacket. And I'm like, damn, so I'm like, 
I forgot how good this was. They just make everything bangs, man. I, and then, I can't. Like, I, I literally cannot say a bad word about the company. Like they make really wearable pieces that are beautifully put together. Amazing fabrics. Like you said, like you get loads of compliments off it, and it's not even from like menswear geezers being like, "Oh yeah, salvage denim, sick," or like hype trainers. Oh, they're not. It's just like people that aren't into clothes would be like, "Oh, that's really interesting. That's that looks really nice. It's just like it's a good fit." I like what they do. So yeah, that collection was really cool. If like, if not quite pricey, as you mentioned, it's always slightly out of your price point, but not like, you know, Marnie price point or Dries Van Noten. It's just like, <laughs> you can get like yeah. one or two things a season, absolute max. We'll wait for that sweet, sweet sale time. Yeah. Yeah. But and then the other thing is like, it's none of it is so wild that you're there. Like that you just wear it like once or twice. Do you know what I mean? They're like, it's a bougie day-to-day piece. It's sick. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Yeah, so it's like you can wear it every single day and you can also wear it for like a special occasion or a night out or whatever. And it's just, it also look really sick. It's just, yeah, I can't, I can't say a bad word about them. Yeah. I'm just gutted that I didn't have any money when they launched that collection. But was it like 250 euros for a shirt? I mean, that's, that's spenny. Yeah, man, it is spenny. But also you kind of feel like it's worth it in a similar way to our legacy where you're there. Like, this is a vibe, like feels good bro like when you kind of because it's that thing of you know no one else is really gonna have that the thing with our legacy is i feel that it's the sort of thing that and this isn't like a dig at the smaller independent boutique stores but they're just it feels a bit more played out not played out but like it's, it's a lot more accessible and it seems like everyone that's into like hey i'm into clothes and cool guy things knows about our legacy whereas a kind of guys have still got that it's maintained that yeah. rep of only having yeah. a, a select few distributors. And if anything, they just, they do it directly to their own store. You're very right. And it's like, you know, when you used to, you know, when Norse projects blew up. Yes. Yes, exactly get, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a similar feel, isn't it? And they'd be there like, they kind of feels like they're kind of like, I mean, I've bought our legacy stuff from the one really great menswear shop in Derby and they stock our legacy. And it's that kind of thing of like, go to smaller towns to be able to find it. But a kind of guy is probably not. Like. Yeah, and that's how I thought about it. Like, I was a bit worried that this little shop in Birmingham may have a kind of guys and they don't. And I kind of, I was gutted, but I also, like, was a side, a side of relief yeah. because I was like, that goes to show that they still need to have, like, a, a separate level of how they, they deal with their, their stockists, which, you know, they're very, very selective, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, man. Do you ever get that thing where um, you go to, like, so there's happens to be a lot. I go to share something with someone, like, I found something cool. I'm there, like, oh, this person would like it. And then I either don't send it to them or I send it to them and say something like, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> because I'm there, like, I don't want it to fucking get out, man. I don't want to, like, share all the good stuff straight away. Like, and then I feel like a bit of an asshole about it. But I'm there, like, yeah, that's, no, uh, man, that's... And, and I need the, I yeah. need the, I need to be the guy who's there like, oh yeah, well, of course I knew about that three years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. That's like, uh, I think that stems from like the, the our teenage years of being like streetwear hype beast potentially. A hundred percent having that drip no one else has. Yeah, no, no one knows about what, what this is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what else has been going on? So there's a guy I know who works in New York who randomly messaged me today. I'd hope he doesn't mind me saying this but uh his name's justin shout out justin you'll probably never hear this but whatever works for adr guys super super nice really talented photographer he messaged me out of the blue and was like 
Hey man, will you be able to order me one of those ceramic vitra blocks? And I was kind of there like, yeah, man, probably. Like he wanted the proxy because you can't order them in the US because vitra is, I think, German or Italian. And they did the Virgil collab. So I was there like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll try and help, like, help you do this. <laughs> I don't mind. So I put one in my basket and was there like, yeah, bro, it's not checking out. Like the checkout's just not working, like whatever. So I ended up sending him my addresses and then he uh, did it for himself. But I was there like, damn. Sick guy, that's a very on. specific <laughs> request. I didn't even know Vitra, yeah. Vitra and Virgil did a collab. Yeah, they made a really beautiful ceramic block. It's £140 posted. Or there's only 999 of them as well. Or if you want to spend 1500 pounds, I think you can get a light. Or if you want to spend two and a half grand pounds, you can uh, get a chair. Chair looks like the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know how like you know how those like school chairs are um, low key kind of based off Eames chairs. Yeah, yeah plastic the plastic molded, molded yeah, yeah. Yeah. You remember how uncomfortable they were and, until you like really warmed it up when you leant back in it and it kind of went a bit wobbly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, fuck that. You wouldn't want to like... That's my one of my overwhelming memories of childhood school is like being uncomfortable in those chairs, man. Like, those chairs were not comfy. They were like super cold in the winter, itchy in the summer. Fuck that shit. Is that what the Virgil Abloh collab is like? No, it's way more like yeah, but it's that sort of like style, great, like but it's, it's that kind of thing where it's just moldy. Like, yeah, and it's like two, two like it's like the whole chair is probably three pieces where it's like one kind of like shape for each leg, and then like that kind of almost like a eggshell kind of shape for the um actual sitting bit of the chair. Okay, I don't know what you call That's that. Cool. I don't know if there's a technical name for that. That would be great, but who knows? And then. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I was doing that today. And then, but that's about it. So the other thing I was going to say is, uh, in the lineup, you've got Frank Ocean on the cover of Dazed, and I completely spaced until 10 minutes ago. But, so the guy who does the interview is one of the models at ASOS. This guy, Isham, legend. One of the funniest, nicest guys I've met whilst I've worked at that place that's come through. Well, it's so, so someone that you work with at ASOS is also a writer for days. No, he's just a model, but he just like, he's weirdly in with Frank Ocean. That's fucking mental. That's such a random thing. How did that even come about? I've never asked him about it at all, basically, because when it did come out, everyone was asking about it and I didn't want to be that other guy. who's like, so I'd like to know about that too. But like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's surprisingly weird how absolutely anything and everything frank ocean does arguably even more so than um tyler the creator turns to absolute gold you know what Go on. i kind of like frank's got that kind of frank my boy frank yeah the way you said it was quite jokes there yeah. the thing about frank Sorry. is yeah my 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 vic- my friend who's vicariously friends with me from my other friend that doesn't know that he's friends with me anyway no so frank ocean has that thing where I don't know, it's just, yeah, and it feels, everything feels a bit more timeless and classic, whereas Tyler feels way more, like, exciting at the moment that it comes out. Like, Igor, I've gone for a few times, I'm like, this is kind of like, I actually really think this is cool, but probably a year from now, I'm not going to be listening to it, but I'll go back to, like, Swim Good and, like, tracks like that, or all of Nostalgia Ultra, or, like... 
Blonde, not so much for me, but like they're more. I don't know. I think maybe they got a bit more timeless quality about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think I think it, it it's a complete different demographic to the title of the greater stuff. Potentially slightly, potentially older, maybe not, but maybe a more mature crowd as well. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see him on the cover of Dazed, and I do wonder if that resell is going to be happening. Do you reckon for a day's cover? I, I don't know. What, for just the recent, just buy the magazine and flip it? Potentially. I mean, would that be a thing? I mean, it always happens with like... Maybe. Frank Ocean on, on ID. I remember they were selling for like £80 ago, apparently. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell. If you see what it, you think to- if you see it, I mean, it's like a £6 buy, so just get it, see what happens. Worst thing is you've That's got a true. cover of days with, with uh, Frank, Frank Ocean. Ocean on it. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, man. What do you think to like um, how there's loads more uh, like classic art auction houses selling Supreme and shit like that to be relatable to the kids? I think it's quite, quite funny how I've just, I found Supreme quite comical anyway in the past few years with regards to the clientele that have adopted Supreme, the people who wear it, the amount of fakes that you can find now, it's fucking mental. The amount of fakes you can get for Supreme, like the comically bad, big, huge box logos, terrible quality beanies. Like it's it's not even, it's not even being purchased by people that are trying to get the original. It's now just being bought by like, my granddad might buy it just because he needs a t-shirt. Yeah, man. It's very funny. And like very like... Everything it wasn't meant to be, which is even funnier. Yeah. It, and it, yeah, it's just very like. But yeah, but in, in, to, to answer your question with regards to the um, the like, uh, was it Sotheby's that did like all the 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 decks of everything that they've ever done ever? Yeah. Was that like a few months ago or something? Yeah, I, I did. I saw it on like Beast High Society, one of them, maybe Complex. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. I just think that it's it's all it's all cyclical, isn't it? What that happens with like graffiti and art and like subcultures that soon become the talk of the town and like the flavor of the month. And then <laughs> I, I don't know yeah, I, I, it, what's interesting is when this bubble's going to burst and what the next thing's going to be. I don't, I just, I don't, I can't foresee what that will be because it's gone. It's just, yeah. it keeps blowing up and blowing up and it seems to be more hype on top of hype. And then all these big brands. Do you brands, think it's going to, do you think it's going to move into like the realms of Ralph Lauren? Oh, do you, what Supreme would be on the level of Ralph? Like, yeah, like, uh, no, I don't think that'll ever happen. No, 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 no. Sorry. Let me clarify. Do you think it's going to be, you know how, do you remember when low lives had that like low key renaissance when everyone was got mad into polo for a little bit, a couple of years ago, right? You remember that? Yeah. So then, so then do you think that, um, say 20, 30 years from now, People, I, I assume this will happen, but like people will look back at Supreme and be like, fuck man, I'd love to cop like, uh, like one of those Atlas jackets or like whatever it is or the Kung Fu tea or whatever, like whatever the cool stuff ends up being. But we're going to look back and it's going to, I feel like it's going to define near enough, like maybe not this decade, but like 05 to 15. Do you know what I mean? Like that. That's a really good point. I've never thought of it like that because it does, they're like cultural signifiers for a place in time and like a snapshot of where fashion was and well, maybe not fashion, but definitely hype clothing. Like it all does revolve around a few key players, one of those being Supreme. So potentially, I mean, I do look at the Kate Moss 
t-shirt and the print mm. and stuff and that's that's quite iconic and the stuff with Kermit the Frog was quite funny yeah. and then there's obviously the the stuff with Raekwon and Wu-Tang that was that was all amazing so potentially I mean I think I think the old stuff with um I think what really blew it up in my opinion that made it quite popular was the uh, leopard print uh, North Face that Drake wore yeah that was yeah, kind of yeah, the yeah. era that I felt so like 2013 12 13 was like when they went to kind of what I felt they went super mainstream with regards to the clientele that they knew about them. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like they consistently, I mean, I haven't even checked in a long time, but when I was a bit like checking a lot for it, like they were consistently, consistently really good at making like statement pieces, but also then like stuff that was a lot less branded where but like interpretations that just really look cool so they do like bowling shirts and like just really nice put together like jumpers and sweats and stuff like that and that really kind of like pulled everything together for me i think and you kind of like made me respect it more as a brand yeah definitely i think they realized that they were going super super hype and they needed to kind of go back to their old ways of making really beautiful well-made clothing that towed the line between functional streetwear and menswear cut and sew yeah 100 percent, and it did and it very much like i think without them you don't get like kim jones or virgil abloh that's how i think people will end up looking back at it but yeah yes yeah, so and maybe maybe you're right maybe i'm totally wrong with regards to looking at, at the level of ralph no but like i think probably like ralph was always going to be like that department store vibe like i don't think not in a literal sense i don't think it's going to be rough but like i think it will be like people will look back on it with significance and i don't think you can really like at this point it just very much is significant still like it's just how long it's gonna be till it plays out i guess but then and then you feel like the other brands coming through are all informed by them so like maybe not add some but like a couple of those other New York brands, like maybe Armee Leon Dora have got like nice, like the lookbook and some of the pieces are kind of, the aesthetic's different, but it kind of feels like a standard, not a standard move on, but like it feels like a, a next step almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. And that's kind of the vibe that I feel with the new store opening of Emily on door like it's it's a really elevated take on, on on a store store fit similar to what you'd expect from the likes of, of Ralph actually so it's on a much smaller scale obviously not like a fucking triple level mansion in the middle of New York City or something but it's you know it's really well put together marble it's got a lovely coffee area more brands are moving to start the whole customer service point of view and I think that's going to be a big step in how brands communicate what they're about in the in the coming coming few well, i think the few decades to be honest like if you look at what end are doing their, their latest store in soho is just an absolute hype beast wet dream isn't it really yeah and it's all very like you know like how now you can play like millennial vibe bingo so like if you walked into if you had like imagine the bingo sheet it's like marble uh like pale coloured wood, lots of plants, uh, glass and metal finishing. Loads of bright lights. Loads of bright lights. Uh, and it's that kind of thing where they're just trying to get people to Instagram it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, and the, the end store feels like quite a lot like that. But also it's interesting because it's 
it puts so many brands that you would otherwise have to go somewhere else to find in in that part of London that's very accessible. Like, in a really, like, lazy kind of way, man. I just fucking hate going all the way down to Selfridges. I totally hear, but that's also why I hate End. <laughs> it's just like all these places that put everything together and make it easy for people. I'm all about, I'm all about the hard graph, baby. Yeah, man, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Like, I don't know. I think that's, again, me being a super pretentious, like, old hype beast, hype kid, where it was like, if you, if you know where to get it, then that's half the fun gone. I've got a question for you. Oh, yeah, go on. Do you know where Pavarotti's personal chef lives? What? No. He lives in Birmingham. Shut up, does he really? Swear down. He's got a restaurant around the corner from where I live. Pavarotti's personal chef. Is Pavarotti dead? Google it. Um... What's, so what is it, just like delicious Italian food? It's the most low-key place you've ever seen in your entire life. It's in a very pretty pretty grim area, like it's on the outskirts of town. There's nothing really there. It's like it's sandwiched between a, like a, a Nisa shitty supermarket and a like a fake chicken shop, like a PFC or whatever. And when my sister and her boyfriend and my little cousin recommended it, I was like, are you fucking taking the piss? Like, yeah, anyway, so I walked in and... And I was like, there's some really cool photos of like the chef with Pavarotti, but there's quite a few of them dotted around the restaurant. And I just got chatting to the guy and he was like, yeah, like came from Bologna, you know, now living here. And I just thought I'd open a restaurant. And I was just like, this is mental. So I got chatting to him about Bologna and that, how I've been there and mentioned the whole Massimo Osti thing. And he was like, no way. Like I love a Stone Island, Stone Island. I was like, this is, this is kind of mental. So yeah. That's wild. What was the garlic bread like? It was, uh, I didn't have, Garlic bread, but I had a focaccia that was absolutely dripping in the, the finest olive oil I've ever tried in my life. Like I just had, I had quite a bit of bit of bread based substance apart from um, apart from garlic bread. And the moretti, the moretti tasted like moretti you'd get in Italy. So I don't know if it's the export version or something, but it was banging. Do you reckon it tastes different? I don't know. Just drinks taste different when you're abroad. I think. Do you not think that? That's true. Was that just yeah, me yeah, being yeah, weird? Yeah. No, 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 I agree. And then if you, like, if you try and recreate that when you get home, it's never the same. Like you have like an iced coffee and you're like, oh shit, I love iced coffee now. When you get home and try and make it, it's never the same as like being in like a dodgy weird bar or a little cafe in like a back street. That's true. But it's like the, uh, it's like that, um, the interior of the place you've gone to has made it jazzy for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you've got, a, you've got a memory and a story to attach to it. Yeah, that's, that's and, true. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of doing a little photo shoot with this guy anyway, because it's quite an interesting place. But anyway. Yeah, man. Sounds interesting. So I'd say I'd say we're kind of done, no? <laughs> yeah, I think so. A couple of points I feel. There's that, but then yeah, I man. think I think what would be good for the next part would be Should we stop recording? Thanks to Ben for making the music and Zaya for being on the pod. If you could share this podcast with someone and or leave a rating on whatever app you use, then that would be really great. It would be another great move on your part if you could follow at the 502 Bad Gateway on Insta and check out 502badgateway.co.uk for more great content, including recently a trip to Svalbard, which is the northernmost inhabitable point of uh, pretty much the world, and an interview with Wawa Clothing on sustainability and streetwear. Thanks for listening. 502 Bad Gateway. It's a good life choice.